Hello, and welcome to show number 2351 of Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. It's a really amazing experience, and like it just taught me a lot because not only do you get to learn how to ski, but you get to just like be away from home, meet a ton of other people. It's taught me how to be more independent. And it really taught me that you don't have to be like scared of meeting new people or trying new things and stuff. Hey, have you ever been skiing before? Well, if not, listen up. Foresight Adventure Guides for the Blind provides accessible and affordable outdoor recreation like skiing and snowboarding for individuals with blindness or low vision, promoting fun, safety, and independence. We'll talk with longtime guide and board member Bill Murphy, longtime participant and board member Kevin Foster, and blind youth skier Claire Schultz about the program and their experiences. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Claire Schultz. I'd say tip of the week is to try something new. And if that new thing is skiing, then that's awesome. And it sounds like you've certainly got a lot of enjoyment out of trying something new. I'd say so, for sure. Well, that's a great tip. In fact, I remember trying something new when I was in graduate school. I took a trip out to Boulder, Colorado with some friends of mine, and someone convinced me to ski. So I got involved in one of these skiing programs for the blind, and it was a lot of fun. And then years later, when I was at Xerox, every few years, some friends of mine would say, have you ever gone skiing? And I'd say, yeah. And they'd say, well, let's go. And they'd take me out for a day of skiing at the local ski slopes in Rochester. So trying something new can be a good thing sometimes. Great tip. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Let's start by meeting Bill, Kevin, and Claire. We have three guests with us today, and we figured we'd start off by having Bill introduce himself. Yeah, hi, I'm Bill Murphy, and I am a senior guide with Foresight Adventure Guides for the Blind. Our program has just been around for 20-plus years, and we're going strong. And you've been a volunteer with the program for nearly that long. I have actually been a, uh, a ski guide and instructor for the blind and visually impaired for actually 42 years. But yes, and for this program, which is uh, we're currently in, is, I think is 22 or 23 years, and I've been with it from its start, yes. And we also have Kevin with us, who was another volunteer for the program. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, Kevin? Yeah. Hi, I'm Kevin. And... I am also a participant with Foresight. I've skied uh, with Foresight several times. I'm a, a blind skier, and I also serve on the Foresight board, volunteer uh, to serve on the board. And um, I was introduced uh, to Foresight on a trip and really found it to be a, a wonderful program. And we also have a participant, Claire, who I guess you're a high school student, right, Claire? Yeah, I'm in high school, and I've also been a participant in this program for maybe four-ish years, three or four years, um, since I was in middle school. 
And I just really enjoyed the whole program. It's amazing. And what is the state of your vision, Claire? Um, I have around like 20% of it left. Well, every little bit helps, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Kevin, what's the state of your vision? I have uh, just very low vision, very very little uh, usable vision, um, but I do have some. I have no central vision at all and limited peripheral vision. And Bill, as a volunteer and guide, I assume your vision is fine. Uh, yes, but as I uh, am aging, I'm finding that I, I too probably suffer a little bit from uh, some degrees of macular degeneration, but at this point, uh, it does not uh, limit my guiding at all. Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is alpine skiing or snowboarding with little or no vision, in particular through the Foresight Adventure Guides for the Blind program centered in Vail, Colorado. Well, Bill, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what the program is called and what it's all about? Well, the program is called Foresight Adventure Guides for the Blind. And we refer to it as adventure guides because we have actually two programs. We have a winter program, which involves skiing, snowboarding. Uh, we do some snowshoeing. And then we have a summer program uh, actually for the kids that we serve. Our population that we serve is roughly 60% kids. And by kids, sorry, Claire, by kids, I mean individuals that range pretty much from 8 to 18. And then we have an adult program where uh, 18 and above. And uh, the adult program does not have a summer session. It only is winter. And this program has been around in Colorado for quite a while, right? Yes, it has been. Uh, it started in 2000, I think was the first skier year or time year that we had skier, the winter of, of uh, 2000. And uh, it was uh, the program was initiated by Mark Davis, and Mark was an avid skier. Family uh, had a home up in Vail, and Mark found himself suddenly um, through MS uh, with just an overnight loss of vision. And he found that as his family skied, he could not join them, and he started uh, looking at other options. And the easiest way to make things happen for himself as well as the blind community was to just create this program. So we've been around, uh, this will be our 23rd year. So there are many, many, many ski areas in the state of Colorado. And we're recording this interview in the middle of November, and they are all open for skiing. And many of them have adaptive ski programs. Where does Foresight operate? Foresight, actually, um, we ski out of Vail and Beaver Creek. We are not a part of Vail, and we are not a part of the Vail Adaptive Program. But Vail, through their charitable arm, uh, Epic Promises, uh, supports us strongly with quite a bit of you know, like 
ski tickets and, and uh, rental equipment, and they really come through for us. And we work closely with the Vail Adaptive School, particularly if we have young children uh, or young kids that come up that have never skied before. Um, the Vail Adaptive School provides us instructors uh, to help the kids learn how to ski. And then once we've got them to a level four, which is basically uh, being able to turn and to stop and control themselves, uh, then they turn those skiers over to us uh, through our program. Kevin, as a blind skier, how did you get involved in the program? I've skied all my life and I uh, I've skied all over the United States. And I uh, just happened to have a friend ask me to go out and ski Vail uh, one winter. And uh, I inquired about a program that would assist me in guiding. Because uh, one of my you know greatest concerns, of course, is I don't really worry so much about hurting myself as others. So I landed, you know, into the ski school at, at Vail, and they referred me over to Foresight, and it was just a wonderful uh, experience. Um, they they focus on safety. Um, they have very experienced guides, which is great. And I've skied there several times now, um, and it's it's always been a, a very good experience. That's great. And you're sufficiently enthusiastic that you joined their board. Yeah, yeah. I have actually for probably 20 years volunteered to serve on numerous boards. And it's something I have a passion for, all primarily focusing on disability. And um, it's something that I find very fulfilling. And, um, you know, it, it also keeps me busy. I, I really enjoy it. And Claire, how about you? How did you first get interested in skiing? Um, well, at school, I meet with a like low vision instructor just to help with mobility and stuff. And my teacher, her name is Miss Liz, and she found this ski program and recommended that I try it out um, because she's been recommending it to her students for like a couple years now. And so that's just how I found out about it. And so I first went when I was in sixth grade and it was just such a great experience because everyone there is so kind and like I was very slow at learning at first. And so like the guides and everything are very like understanding and they don't ever pressure you to like do stuff you don't want to do and stuff. I guess most young kids are pretty intrepid, but were you nervous at all the first time you hopped on skis without seeing when you were in sixth grade? Oh, yeah, I was super duper nervous. I was just very scared because I'd never been skiing before or really done anything like that. And like, I didn't want to like fall or like run into a tree or something or like run into a person. But I definitely like the guides help you not do that. And so it makes you a lot less nervous um, once you really get the hang of it and stuff. So they started you out slowly enough, so you gained your confidence, and it sounds like they were very patient getting you going. Oh, yes, definitely. When I started in sixth grade, um, they, like, started me on the, like, really tiny hills, where, like, it was barely even a hill. It was just more of a tiny slope, just so you could practice, like, balance and stuff, so you don't fall over. Um, and then we just, like, worked our way up from there. Um, and you can do it, like, as many times as you want. You can go down that, like, tiny little slope until you feel comfortable enough to move up to the next level. And from there, like, um, the last time I went, I was, like, skiing down the mountain. 
And so I really excelled from where I've started. Does your family ski or do you just get a ride out to the program and wave goodbye and say, see you guys, I'm going to Vail? Yeah, that's pretty much what we do. Um, they like pick us up in uh, like a parking lot and then they take us up to Vail. We spend the night there. Parents can come, but my parents decide not to. Um, my sister does come actually sometimes. But the first time I went, it was just me. Bill, as a person who has been volunteering to help blind people ski for a long time, tell us a little bit about what the experience is like for you and how you work people into getting enough confidence and the ability to be able to ski down a hill. Well, I just got to tell you, it is exhilarating. That's why I've done it for 40 some years and I can't get stopped to work with like a beginning skier like Clara was when she first started and to watch over the couple of days that we get to work together. And as she comes back the following year, just to watch that progress. And mostly it is you just, you build a relationship. It has to be a relationship of total trust both ways. Uh, most of our guiding, we, we don't guide uh, tethered. Our guiding is uh, almost all entirely verbal. So if as a guide, I ask Kevin or I ask Claire, right turn or slow down or let's stop or any of the things that need to happen, I need to know they're going to do that and that they're going to do it quickly, just like they need to know that uh, I'm not going to let them run into people or run into a tree or some some obstacle like that. That's the trust that gets built pretty much right away. It has to happen quickly. But as far as, as the guide, I'll tell you to bring a visually impaired or blind skier down the hill safely and uh, listen to the laughter, listen to the joy. And that's just a pretty big reward. Do you use a microphone and earphones for the pair, or do you stay close enough together that you can hear each other? Uh, yes, is the answer to that. We have just started over the past probably year, year and a half, started using microphones for and, and uh, hearing devices within the helmets for people that want to do that. Up until that point, almost all of our guiding has been done uh, just through close enough, uh, you know, just verbal verbal commands. With the microphones and uh, and headsets that we're starting to use, and a lot of it's the technology has just gotten so much better that we're finding that that's a good, comfortable way to guide also. Our guiding team consists of the guide, consists of the uh, skier, and also consists of a person who is also a trained guide, but we, this person is basically a shadow. And they follow behind the guide and the skier, uh, just kind of more to keep people out of the way and, and, and such, but uh, to also give a hand when they need to. So when we use the helmet and microphone system, all three people have to be able to hear the guide. That's what we have created now in our communications ability with microphones and helmets. And I take it you're each wearing some kind of bright vest or something that catches other skiers' attention so they know what's going on on the slopes. We do. Wear a bright orange vest. And sometimes um, sometimes we jokingly say it's like a magnet. 
people ski up to see what it says, and we really don't want them to do that. Oh, geez. <laughs> anyway. Unintended side effects. Yes. And from the photos, some of these vests say blind skier and some of them say guide. Correct. And again, that's to identify just who we are on the slopes. Most people are really, really uh, courteous uh, and you know pay attention to what's going on. So yeah, we need to differentiate between who's guiding and, and who's skiing. So Kevin, it sounds like you skied quite a bit in your life. Do you have a regular ski companion or do you just pick up who's ever available volunteering at the various slopes you're at? Yeah, I primarily ski through the existing adaptive program at a mountain. And that's generally the best way. I don't have anybody that I travel with that could be my guide, for example. Um, my, my wife and I, we ski very different terrain. And so I typically just hook up uh, with the um, adaptive program at various mountains. There's a fair amount of trust that you have to have in your guide. Um, when I used to run a lot when I was younger, I'm blind as our listeners know, it took me a while to get my faith in my running buddy and, you know, took them a little time to learn what to do too. Yeah, that's probably the most important part of skiing um, and guiding is to establish communication, uh, what works for you, uh, what doesn't work for you, and to build that trust quickly. Uh, as you're going down a mountain at various speeds, uh, how, depending on how congested the mountain is, uh, conditions, there's all kinds of variables. You really do have to have a high degree of trust in your guide uh, or guides. So that's how we, you know, we do that immediately right off. We have really talked through communication. So you just said you go to a variety of ski areas and presumably, therefore, use a variety of guides. And frequently, the guide is a new guide for you. Is there sufficient consistency in the guide's training that you can assume that they'll give you all the same cues that the other guides do so you don't have to work out your own lexicon? That's a really good question. And it varies. Um, going back, you know, say 20 years, it has really evolved. So in answer to your question, generally, the answer is yes. And especially like at a mountain like Vail, where we have foresight and there are, um, you know, they're well trained. And that's really the key. There's a lot of training involved. Generally speaking, most most guides are are very good. And especially have foresight, because um, that's really all they do. It's They're very well trained. They have a really good process and really good protocols and a lot of support from Vail. And Claire, I take it you've had a number of guides also. Do you find it relatively easy to adapt to new guides and new guiding styles? Um, I would say yes, especially if you just like trust each other, you know, um, and I think I've never had a guide at Foresight that I, like, did not trust. Like, they're not going to let me, like, ski off a cliff or something, you know? Well, that's good. Have you ever had any uh, skiing accidents, or has it been relatively safe going for you? I'd say, like, there was never a time where I was, like, injured or anything. But I'd say, I think I was in maybe, like, eighth grade or something. My vision had changed a lot since the last time I had skied. 
and it was just a lot trickier for me um and so like since I was just really nervous I kept like falling down and stuff and like it was just really tricky but then um when I came back after that like the next year I like had improved a ton and I really figured out how to like do it right you know well, that's good. And I guess falling down in the powdery snow of Colorado isn't such a bad thing. Everybody falls once in a while. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like, Claire, you would definitely recommend young people try this. Definitely. It's a really amazing experience. It just taught me a lot because not only do you get to learn how to ski, but you get to just like be away from home, meet a ton of other people, and it just gives you a different perspective, I'd say. Have you made new friends through your skiing experiences? I have, actually. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, I met a friend who was, like, maybe a year younger than I. And we were still, actually, friends. And so, yeah, we, I've definitely met some people through that program. There's a lot of cool kids. So everybody not only gets some good exercise, but they also get some good socialization and being with other people. What fun. Yeah, it's really awesome. <laughs> Do you feel that the independence that you're experiencing through this program has carried over at all with your friends, your family, your school? Um, it's taught me how to be more independent because like when I first started the program, I'd never done anything like this before. I'd never like been away from home without parents or like just been skiing either. Like it was a completely new experience. And it really taught me that you don't have to be like scared of meeting new people or trying new things and stuff. So I'd say it was very like valuable in learning independence. Well, what a great experience all around for both the participants. And it sounds like the volunteers also enjoy this experience. Yes. Bill, I know you found us at a summer art fair, which was hardly ski season, but where do you get most of the youth participants for this program? Our young adults and our kids, they all come to us as recommended participants from uh, teachers of the visually impaired within their school district. And the teachers pick up on this and really use our program to, uh, it's called the Extended Core Curriculum uh, that has been developed uh, for low vision students and blind. And we meet so many of the criteria from some of the things you talked about, self-determination, social interaction, independence, uh, orientation, all of those things that are so important to the visually impaired community. Uh, our program really wor works hard with those. And what kind of training do the volunteer guides get? Uh, we have about 20 volunteers uh, that are all trained guides. And the training we go through is incredibly extensive. Uh, our main, one of our main people uh, is a professional ski uh, instructor, the PSAIA. And he does all of our training. And our guides pretty much before they're ever turned loose uh, with their own, you know, visually impaired person. Uh, usually it's going to go a season just in training, you know, before we really are comfortable for this person to work with. And we have a, uh, a senior guide group of five senior guides, and three of those senior guides have to sign off on the person before we, uh, you know, really want them out guiding on their own. So anyhow, it's, a, it's very extensive, and when we it, it works pretty well. 
That's great. Very reassuring for new participants. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about Foresight Adventure Guides for the Blind and how to contact them. Well, Bill, if people find themselves out in the mountains of Colorado during the winter and they'd like to ski and find out more about your program, what would you advise them? Uh, I would advise them, one, if you see anybody in that orange vest at a point where it is safe, maybe they're stopped, you can ski up, just talk. And it's important to talk to the guide, but probably more important to talk to the skier uh, about what the program is about and what, you know, what it's really doing. And from a standpoint of a website, our website is foresightskiguides.org. And that's F-O-R-E-S-K-I-G-U-I-D-E-S dot org. I mean, there's just tons of information about our winter program, about our summer program. And I might also add some very good information on how to donate. We're a nonprofit and we function solely on uh, donations from individuals, uh, some grants, and like to say a, a great deal of in-kind from Vail itself, from Epic Promise. So it's true, I think, with probably any nonprofit, we're always trying to find dollars to keep the program alive and to grow the program. It isn't just to keep it alive. We're, we're growing our program and uh, so we can reach more people and just do more. So it just that takes dollars. Do you have an email address or a phone number for anybody who has a question? Um, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. Our executive director is uh, Christine, and Christine can be reached at 303-506-3859. Do you have a social media presence? Uh, yes, we do have, uh, oh, we got some Facebook. I know we've got uh, Twitter accounts. There's, there's a lot of, and all that's on our website. As usual, you can find all of that contact information in the show notes associated with this episode, which is number 2351, at our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. And even if you don't live in Colorado, there are plenty of opportunities to go skiing with some assistance if you have low or no vision. You can find episodes that we've done on skiing in the past by putting the word skiing into the search field on our webpage. And if you're interested in other sports that you'd like to do and you thought you might not be able to, put the word sports into our search field and you'll find lots of episodes where we cover just about every sport imaginable that's done by people with low or no vision. So use that search field. It can be quite handy. That's it for today's show. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about ourselves and our show. Capping off 13 years of Eyes on Success, Sam Jasmine, host of the Disability and Progress podcast, interviewed us about the show. You'll learn how Eyes on Success got started, the mission of the show, how it's evolved over the years, how guests are selected, and what the show has come to mean to us. We hope you all have a happy holiday, share Eyes on Success with a friend, and join us for next week's episode. 
You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.